This episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast is brought to you by Jobber. Jobber is your business's command center. The easy-to-use app powers your sales, operations, and customer service all in one place. Go check them out at lawncarebusinesssuccess.com slash jobber to receive 20% off your first six months. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational, to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 215, entitled, Identify Your Weaknesses. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, and feedback that you guys have been sending through, and for those all-important iTunes reviews. Just a reminder, guys, if you do get value from these episodes that I've been putting out each and every week for the past four years, take a moment and, uh, you know, log on to uh, your iTunes account and uh, leave a quick review. It really, really does help out the podcast as a social proof, lets people know that the podcast really is worth listening to and that, uh, you know, it is uh, value packed. Uh, so I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that for uh, this week. Also, uh, I've had a good um, response from people that have uh, sent me uh, instant messages on Instagram and uh, on uh, emails, uh, which, by the way, uh, if you want to contact me, like I said, uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way. You can send me just a direct message there, uh, or uh, you can uh, go to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com and just go to the contact page and send an email through there. Uh, and uh, But I've had a, a pretty uh, neat response from uh, a few people now who have sent <clears throat> uh, questions in, uh, just asking me, you know, some advice and stuff on a question. Uh, and, uh, you know, on multiple occasions, I've taken that question, as you guys have uh, all heard on some of these episodes, and turned it into an entire episode to answer their question in more detail uh, than I would, uh, you know, be able to uh, typing out uh, a message. And uh, it's funny to see uh, the responses uh, that, uh, you know, I get back from them uh, just, you know, along the lines of like, OMG, I can't believe you did an entire episode on my question. And thank you so much and, and that sort of stuff. And it just is, you know, obviously a lot easier to sort of talk through my thought process uh, with a question and just turn it into a episode because uh, I've, as I've said uh, in the past, especially when I'm interviewing um, guys doing those interview episodes uh, that I do uh, during the winter off season. Um, and guys are always like, you know, I don't know, like, why would anybody want to know my story and stuff? And I always say, you know, there's 6 billion people on the planet and, you know, there's going to be people that relate to you and your situation. And those questions are the same. And if I answer, you know, your question uh, in just a email, uh, for example, 
I know that uh, there's probably a ton of other people out there that would benefit from uh, listening to your question, that are thinking the same, have the same question as you have. And turning it into uh, an episode is just uh, you know a natural way uh, to be able to uh, spread that message, help uh, people uh, uh, out sort of on a grander scale. Uh, with that being said, if you do have questions for me that you would like answered, um, you know, you can, uh, like I said, contact me on Instagram uh, and uh, or uh, through email. And just uh, ask your uh, question. Um, if you want to be kept sort of uh, private, you don't want to, uh, you know, people to uh, know who you are or your company name or anything like that. Just uh, make a note of that in the uh, question, and I won't, uh, you know, mention your company name or anything. I'll just say podcast listener sent in uh, this question, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. And uh, you know, I can. Uh, you know, in some cases, turn that into a uh, podcast episode if that is uh, relevant or hasn't been covered uh, in the past. So just a thought for you guys. Uh, of course, uh, you know, I do this each and every week uh, for you guys to help you guys. Uh, the response over the years has been fantastic. Um, I'm overwhelmed uh, and very grateful and humbled at the same time uh, from the feedback that I get from people who, uh, you know, say that, uh, you know, my advice uh, has really helped them out. Just look at those uh, iTunes reviews that I talked about earlier. Um, you know, I think I'm up to like 73 reviews uh, on iTunes uh, for from uh, all of the different countries uh, all together. And, uh, you know, you can read little excerpts from each of those and see, uh, you know, the, the value that people uh, get from uh, the podcast. And that's uh, just uh, amazing to see. So, uh, you know, I really do uh, appreciate uh, those of you who uh, put those uh, reviews uh, on iTunes uh, for the podcast. So before uh, we go any further, uh, we have um, a friend of the podcast, uh, Brian Fullerton from Brian's Lawn Maintenance. A lot of you guys uh, will know Brian's uh, YouTube channel. He's uh, blowing that up, uh, getting pretty close uh, to the 100,000 uh, subscriber mark. Uh, he's got a message for all of you guys here in Lawn Care Nation. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brian here with Brian's Lawn Maintenance and also the Launchpreneur Academy. Hey, guys, I want to put something on your radar really quick, which this November, we're going to be doing our very first ever live event called Launchpreneur Academy Live 2019. Guys, if you want to learn what it takes to grow and succeed with a lawn care and landscaping business, I invite you guys to check out the website to get more information and details on this one-day conference. We're going to have a bunch of speakers in to come help you guys take your business to the next level, and I think it's going to be an amazing time. If you want to get more information, Check it out on LaunchpreneurAcademy.com. Thanks, guys. Now back to the show. So there you have it, Lawn Care Nation, Brian's very first live event. So if you're interested, make sure you secure your tickets. Uh, knowing Brian, you know it's going to be a good time and uh, value-packed. So congratulations to uh, Brian Fullerton on uh, his very first live event. That's uh, absolutely awesome. Now, speaking of live events, we are uh, exactly about one month away from GIE uh, 2000. 
2019. Uh, so who's excited? I know I am. Uh, this uh, will be my first uh, GIE. Uh, that's right, guys. I am uh, committed to going to GIE this year. Uh, in fact, I have uh, the hotels booked, the flights booked. Uh, everything is uh, ready to go. So uh, absolutely excited uh, to see what GIE is all about and uh, all of the other uh, events that surround uh, the GIE. So absolutely uh, fantastic. And like I say, uh, just a month away uh, from uh, that event. So I've already been telling uh, my clients that uh, I will be away uh, for that week. And, uh, that, uh, you know, I'll do, uh, the best that I can to, uh, you know, get their lawns in, uh, sort of ship shape, uh, before I go. And uh, ultimately then, uh, when I return, uh, I'll continue, uh, their service, uh, as, uh, regularly, uh, scheduled. So, uh, you know, being all the way on the West Coast, uh, it's a bit of a hit as far as, um, you know, timing goes for work because, uh, it's in the middle of, uh, the busy leaf season for me. And uh, being so far away, uh, you know, it requires uh, quite a bit of travel time and not knowing uh, GIE, not knowing, you know, um, the days and stuff, uh, basically uh, the schedule, um, you know, looking at it, it's, it looks like it's the Wednesday, the Thursday and the Friday, the Friday kind of ends sort of half. And um, so not knowing, I wasn't sure. And looking at flights and stuff uh, to uh, leave, um, I had to do it where uh, I uh, leave on the Saturday and uh, would have to, uh, uh, or sorry, leave to come home back home on the Saturday, but leave to get to GIE on the Tuesday. And we'll basically take a full day of travel, uh, in either direction. So, uh, you know, that puts me at five days, um, away and four work days, uh, if you're not counting weekends. Uh, so that's quite a bit of a hit, but, um, you know, I was committed to doing it. I got so close to doing it last year at hotels booked and stuff, uh, GIE passes bought, um, and was just waiting on flights because of, uh, you know, uh, like I've talked about on the pad podcast before with my uh, parents and sort of health issues and surgeries and things like that. And it just didn't work out last year. Uh, so this year, Hopefully a lot uh, different unless something, um, you know, uh, last minute comes up uh, where I can't uh, make it. Um, but uh, like I say, 99.9%. Everything's booked and ready to go. In fact, um, I didn't even get like trip cancellation insurance or anything. That's how committed I was. I was like, nope, you know, I'm, I'm doing it unless something, you know, uh, absolutely out of the blue happens. Um, so uh, super excited about that. Uh, I'm excited to meet uh, uh, a lot of you guys uh, that listen to the podcast. If you uh, see me when you're down there and you want to say hi, uh, just come up and introduce yourself. I'd be uh, more than happy uh, to chat with you guys. I'm also uh, super excited to be able to check out uh, all of the booths of, uh, you know, the great products that I've uh, been very fortunate uh, to be able to uh, test out and do reviews on uh, for the podcast and the YouTube channel uh, over the past four years. Uh, so things like the Echo booth, uh, the Xmark booth, uh, and uh, the Jobber booth. And uh, speaking of Jobber, uh, I think it's time for this week's Jobber Minute. 
So my question uh, for Murray this week is, uh, how do I avoid crisscrossing all over the city and wasting gas without spending all night with a map? We understand this. Uh, driving around town is a waste of time and fuel, especially during these crazy busy summer months. Uh, here at Jobber, our development team really spent time building out a feature called routing um, to really help out with this. So in this feature, it maps out all your jobs for the day according to the most efficient way to get from site to site. So no more time with a map. This feature does it all for you. You can also add new jobs as the day goes on and then assign the nearest team member uh, on the map to those jobs. Um, and it gives the GPS direction to the next spot. So we've heard a ton of customers tell us how much fuel they've saved, how much time they've saved, and that they can actually fit more jobs into the day because they're they're following that efficient route. So when you look at it from a money perspective, it's literally hundreds of dollars back in their pocket. So, you know, a simple thing as switching from manual mapping to online routing uh, can do just that trick to get you back on track uh, in your business. Wow, that's a great uh, feature, Murray. That routing feature is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've always said that, uh, you know, uh, having that root density and condensing your lawns and even uh, just the way you approach uh, how you mow your lawns in uh, the order that you mow them can make all the difference in your profitability and can uh, actually lead to adding more jobs in a day uh, in the same amount of time, which obviously uh, in increases your overall profit for the day. So, uh, hey, Lawn Care Nation, if you want to find out more about Jobber and what Jobber can do for you and your lawn care business, head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash Jobber. Start a free trial and get 20% off your first six months. Okay, well, I'm just going to uh, play the podcast announcements and then uh, we'll get into this week's episode in its entirety right after this. So stay tuned. Hey guys, if you have any questions or comments about the show, I'd love to hear from you. You can head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash contact. For you Instagram users out there, be sure to follow me at lawncarebusinesssuccess. And if you haven't checked out my videos yet, well, what are you waiting for? Be sure to subscribe to the Lawn Care Business Success YouTube channel. Now, I know you guys love listening to audio while you work as much as I do, so I've partnered up with Audible to offer you guys a free 30-day trial and two free audiobooks of your choice. There's no long-term commitments, and you can cancel any time. And get this, even if you cancel during your free trial period, you still get to keep the two free audiobooks. It's a great way to try the service and to see if Audible is right for you. So why not give it a try? Head on over to lawncarebusinesssuccess.com forward slash audible. Now back to the show. Okay, so this week's episode uh, is about identifying your weaknesses. Um, so I talk a lot uh, about um, offering different services in your lawn care business to uh, be able to, uh, you know, supplement uh, your lawn care uh, income. Um, you know, as a lot of you guys know, in, uh, you know, d depending on the region that you're at, lawn care may or may not be a year-round thing for you. You know, there's going to be areas where lawn care is uh, a seasonal service <clears throat> where it's not um, offered uh, all throughout the year. 
And in those cases, that's where uh, offering different services to supplement your income can be uh, absolutely beneficial. Now, I've talked about how uh, where I'm from, a lot of the services, if you guys have seen pictures of my trailer, um, you'll know notice that uh, you know I've got a bunch of services listed on the side. And some of them I actually don't even um, offer anymore uh, because just as time has gone on, um, you know, things have changed, uh, times have changed, and uh, I just no longer offer some of the services. Now, an example of that uh, is um, snow removal. Um, I don't do much snow removal uh, anymore. I used to do it uh, year after year. I used to do uh, sidewalk clearing uh, was sort of um, subcontracted uh, under another family member who has a construction company uh, and has um, some pretty um, regular clients that own um, a bunch of properties, uh, commercial properties, and they lease them out um, to different businesses like 7-Elevens and banks and, uh, you know, workout gyms and things like that. And uh, so they own a bunch of commercial real estate. And... Uh, my uh, family member who owns this construction company does a lot of the work for them uh, when it comes to those properties, a lot of the uh, concrete and masonry and, um, you know, that sort of stuff uh, and uh, has been working for um, this uh, company, uh, this property management company uh, for probably a good 20 years. And is basically their sort of main supplier for, uh, you know, any sort of uh, landscaping projects and construction and paved stone and that sort of stuff for all of these uh, commercial properties. But in the wintertime, uh, you know, he takes all of his, uh, you know, dump trucks and um, bobcats and all that sort of stuff uh, and, um, you know, turns them into snow removal machines, basically, and has the contracts to every one of those commercial properties uh, for snow removal. So they do all the parking lots and all that sort of stuff. So for many years, I was working under him subcontracted because my mowing would end and, uh, you know, I'd, uh, you know, be doing a little bit of snow removal for my clients. I had uh, a snow blower and then uh, he just asked if, uh, you know, I would want to uh, start doing snow blowing for him. So I did that for many years. I would just go to those. He'd give me a list of properties. All commercial properties, I would go to them, uh, basically start at the top of the list and work my way uh, down, and uh, I would get there and just do the sidewalks of these properties because his crews would uh, take care of all the parking lots and roads and things like that, uh, but um, you know they're all basically truck or bobcat type uh, based uh, workers, and I uh, didn't have anybody really to go and do the sidewalks and stuff, so uh, I would just uh, you know subcontract under him and do uh, the sidewalks and stuff. And I did that for a while, um, but then uh, I basically stopped uh, once I started uh, getting gout. Um, I ended up developing gout. And uh, the uh, cold weather is one of the triggers uh, for gout. Uh, it can uh, bring on uh, a gout attack. Um, so I uh, noticed that it was happening more and more frequently. And 
it just wasn't something that I could um, reliably commit to uh, anymore uh, for him because he's doing these commercial properties. Uh, and as you can imagine, you know, they have to get done. There's a lot of uh, insurance and liability and stuff uh, that happens. And if, uh, you know, at uh, two o'clock in the morning, I'm struck with a gout attack uh, where I can't uh, even put any weight uh, on my foot, then uh, that can uh, pose an issue for him uh, in trying to find uh, somebody to fill in uh, to those uh, spots. So, uh, you know, I gave up uh, doing the snow removal. And even for my own clients, I started to uh, not do it uh, as much. And then slowly over the years, um, I just, uh, you know, stopped uh, offering it altogether. And uh, I just don't uh, uh, bother with uh, snow removal or snow clearing uh, anymore. Uh, ever since uh, as well, taking over and starting, um, uh, you know, to do the podcast uh, and just uh, exploring that and the YouTube channel and things like that. I really have been enjoying doing that uh, in the winter. And uh, although it doesn't generate really, uh, you know, the income, obviously, it does generate, you know, a few bucks here and there, but, uh, you know, nothing. Uh, compared to if I were to give it up and just uh, work, even during the work season, um, you know, during the lawn care season, if I were to, um, you know, as a lot of you guys know, I do this uh, sometimes during the weekdays uh, because it's quiet, uh, like I'm doing right now. I'm recording. It's uh, 10 a.m. Uh, in the morning on a Monday uh, that I'm recording this uh, particular episode. And I could be out there uh, doing some actual work, some hedge trimming, putting some fertilizer down and stuff. And I will, uh, once I get this rec episode recorded, I'll go out and uh, go uh, do some work. Um, but, uh, you know, just because of the timing, I enjoy, I really do enjoy doing these episodes and doing the videos and stuff like that. And so it's sort of a labor of love. Uh, and in the winter, I really look forward to that downtime of, uh, you know, especially as I get older and my body, um, you know, can't keep up as much uh, and uh, just a lot of uh, aches and pains, especially with my knees and things like that. Um, you know, doing some of the services and we'll get into some of them um, that I just can no longer uh, do uh, like I used to. And, uh, so, you know, for me, I gave, uh, gave up some of the services and, and, and that's basically what this, uh, episode is about is identifying your weaknesses and, and trying not to overextend yourself, uh, into areas where maybe that's not your best, um, you know, sort of thing. So, like I said, uh, I hinted to, uh, you know, something like this weekend here, um, for you guys that follow me, uh, you'll know that uh, I've talked about how the rain has sort of been basically like a light switch. As soon as September hit, it was like, you know, the rain started coming down and it's been heavy at times. And I've noticed that, uh, even on my own home that uh, the gutters have been overflowing. Uh, so obviously there was a clog and I cleaned them last year. Uh, and in, around the same time. And, uh, you know, I went to uh, grab the ladder and I put them up there yesterday. And I went uh, up the ladder and I just, I can't do it anymore. Um, not as, you know, at least not 
as much as sorry, the, the gutter cleaning part of it, I can do that part. I can clean the gutters. It's the ladder work. I just can't go up ladders anymore. Uh, my knees are, are so bad, um, that, uh, instantly it was just like, uh, you know, pain and, uh, you know, feeling like, um, pulled muscles. Now I know that it's sort of a, uh, injury, a, uh, sports injury from, uh, many years ago, uh, of just playing uh, soccer with the kids and, uh, twisting. And, uh, you know, I, I did something to my knee probably tore something. Um, and I never did get it checked out. It was at the end of the year. And, uh, I just went along with, you know, icing it and stuff. And, and over, uh, you know, that winter season that year, um, it got better and I just, you know, never went and saw a doctor about it. And, um, but it, uh, is very easy to re-injure itself. And, uh, this is one of those cases yesterday where I was just going up the ladder, uh, you know, to clean and I'm, and I managed to get up the ladder and, and clean the gutters in, in different locations around the house. Um, but it was more and more painful each and every, uh, you know, time I had to go up and down, it got worse and worse and worse. And then the rest of the day, uh, the knees were, uh, you know, really, uh, starting to hurt. So, you know, I look at that and look at, you know, um, if you look at my trailer, it says gutter cleaning is, uh, one of the services, uh, we, uh, you know, will offer. Um, but obviously it's not something, um, that I can offer anymore. It just wouldn't be number one safe, uh, for me to go, uh, up a ladder, um, in case, uh, you know, my knee gives out or something like that. Um, and this just reminded me of that. And I think about, um, you know, this past year, or past summer, uh, when I took a vacation, uh, we went to Disneyland and we were, you know, doing a lot of walking and, uh, towards the end of, uh, I think it was the fourth night, uh, or might've been the fifth night there. might've been the last night uh, that we were there, um, on our like fifth, you know, five day park, uh, ride pass, um, or entrance pass or whatever you call them. Um, so on the last day, my knees were done. They were just giving out and we were going up the stairs of the, um, uh, I forget the name of the ride, the Thunder Mountain, uh, train ride or whatever it is. Um, and there's like a queue at the bottom that you're kind of, you know, in a rope queue and then you have to go sort of up the stairs and, um, I fell and my wife thought I actually tripped on the stairs, but it, it was my knee had given out and, uh, it just buckled like it, it was done from all the walking and the constant stairs going up and down all these different rides and stuff. And, uh, it was just uh, completely done at that point. And it was very, very painful. And, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, just one of those reminders that, Hey, you know, I, I had obviously an injury that I didn't, uh, probably, uh, properly take care of, um, at the time, um, you know, many years ago, I didn't go see a doctor about it. Um, I just figured, you know, I just pulled a muscle or something like that. And where in reality, I probably did do some actual damage to a tendon, probably tore it or something. It probably did require surgery. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, didn't do that. So now it, uh, like I said, over the years, it just can easily trigger, it can easily re-injure itself. And, uh, 
you know, this year, like I said, uh, yesterday going up that ladder uh, reminded me of that, you know, just went up the ladder a couple times and my knee was done. It was just uh, as, um, you know, this past years go by and with the gout and things like that, just constantly uh, seems to be re-injuring myself. And and, um, I think a lot of it uh, that sped up uh, the, these injuries for me, uh, was the sulky, uh, with a 36 inch turf tracer. Um, they can be pretty brutal on your knees. Um, and I hear that a lot from other guys that they're tough on the knees, <clears throat> but, um, when you're using it, um, when you already have existing knee problems or past knee injuries, um, I think it just sped up the process. It, it just exaggerated it over the past, uh, two years, uh, you know, where it just made it uh, a lot worse. So, um, on a lot of occasions now, uh, I try to absolutely, um, you know, on the smaller properties where I am using that, um, turf tracer on, um, and I would, uh, you know, in the past would drop the sulky down automatically and just, you know, quickly zip around. Um, now I just, I don't bother now. I just leave the sulky up and I will, uh, I only save the sulky for, um, really the, the two or three largest properties that I use, uh, that machine on. And the rest of them that uh, I used to uh, uh, use the machine, I still use it, but I just uh, will walk behind it and uh, do it that way so that I'm not, uh, you know, adding that to extra strain. So as years go by um, and, you know, situations can change, uh, you have to reevaluate uh, those types of uh, situations where there may be services where you used to be able to offer those but uh, you can't anymore. Uh, but on the flip side, there's also, you know, weaknesses where maybe it's not a physical weakness. Maybe it's something that you, you're just not good at. Uh, an example of this would be paperwork um, and maybe the accounting uh, portion of your business. <clears throat> and you could spend, you know, a whole bunch of time um, trying to mess about with, uh, that sort of stuff and be completely frustrated and, uh, you know, not gaining any traction, um, and just being, you know, completely miserable, uh, doing that sort of stuff and, uh, not benefiting your business at all because <clears throat> maybe you're, you know, uh, the best thing for you to do, the best thing to, make the most of your time uh, would be to do the things that you're good at, to focus in on those things. Now, uh, this particular one reminds me because uh, when I started the uh, franchise um, business that I was uh, a part of when I first bought that franchise uh, and was doing that, uh, there was a guy that reminded me of this. He was an older guy and was really good at mowing lawns and doing the trimming. He was very knowledgeable and all of that. He could do um, some fantastic hedge trimming. He was really good at hedge trimming, but he was absolutely terrible at paperwork. It was his Achilles heel uh, for, uh, you know, his uh, business. And, uh, you know, I remember him uh, getting into some financial uh, troubles and stuff. And it was uh, because he just would put off doing the billing and stuff. And he could go sometimes, uh, you know, a month and a half or two months and he hadn't even billed 
clients yet for uh, past work. He just did not like doing that part and avoided uh, the paperwork and the billing. But it was hurting him because obviously if he's not billing, he's not getting paid. So he was going to work and going through the motions and doing the parts that he loved. But you know, he, he just could not um, organize himself enough to do that uh, sort of thing. And so that would be obviously a major weakness for him. He could, uh, you know, would be so much better off if he would, um, you know, hire uh, somebody for that particular uh, aspect of his business where he could just go and focus on uh, the things that he did best and let, uh, you know, an accountant or somebody uh, take care of that uh, portion of the uh, business. So, you know, and, and there's, you know, even in that case, there, there's going to be times where you're going to need to at least do a little bit because obviously the, you know, in that situation, if he had hired an accountant, they're not going to know what jobs or what works. So he would still have to um, discipline himself to, um, you know, do those portions, but, you know, he could uh, take a large load of that uh, stress and work off of his plate by uh, simply, uh, you know, subcontracting somebody else to do that uh, sort of stuff. Now, uh, you know, this can be in, you know, your work uh, as far as lawn care goes as well. Um, this is one of the reasons um, that people will hire people as well is that they don't like certain aspects of the job. Like if you're, um, there's not too many people that have a lawn care business or a landscaping business that enjoy weeding gardens. I think, uh, you know, I've heard of one or two people, maybe in my whole lifetime that, um, thought it was uh pretty therapeutic and, and didn't mind, you know, throwing some headphones on some music and just, you know, being in a garden and weeding for me. Um, that's not the case. And again, uh, not only does my um, short attention span that I've talked about uh, in the past play a big role in this, that weeding is just one of those things that is so um, boring and monotonous for me that I, I it's really tough for me to get through. And uh, because I have, you know, uh, long-term clients um, and clients that, ex- you know, are good clients and they want certain things done, I will do it for them. Um, but uh, I always end up trying to put off those types of jobs uh, or delaying them because I just don't look forward to doing them. Uh, and again, like I said, not only because of my attention span that it's just like for me, it's like pulling teeth, um, that I'd rather, you know, go to the dentist and have a filling, uh, done than, uh, to be weeding a garden. Um, but also, uh, you know, my knees, uh, again, uh, start to play a big point, uh, in that or a big part in that, because, you know, a lot of weeding, you gotta be either uh, kneeling down on your knees or, uh, bent over. And, uh, it, uh, just, uh, you know, just causes a lot of, uh, pain and uh, discomfort. And, uh, I just, um, you know, as time goes on, as I get older, um, it's just one of those things I keep, um, you know, uh, telling my wife, we, we are both expecting that at some point I will need to have, uh, some sort of surgeries or something uh, on my knees, um, uh, because they just flare up at times and, uh, you know, I can be uh, seemingly fine for, uh, you know, a month or two and then, you know, the knees will hit and then I'm on crutches and stuff. And then, uh, you know, they'll, uh, heal up and then 
you know, it's sort of this uh, cycle that just keeps repeating itself. Uh, so I expect at some point that, uh, you know, I'll need to have uh, those addressed. But it's tough when you're a business owner and you're the owner operator and you're the one like, you know, and, uh, you know, going to see a doctor and stuff, you can't really schedule and say, hey, let me um, have a surgery. Now, can we do this in the winter off season? Like, it's very difficult. Like they, um, with, um, you know, how, uh, the medical system works and, um, with, um, you know, ORs and things like that, you basically put in a cue, uh, d- depending on the severity of your, um, you know, surgery. And when your time comes up, your time comes up. So, um, you know, if they're, you know, telling me that, uh, uh, you know, I need to have a surgery and it's like April, uh, and that, you know, my time's come up. And if I deny that and say, no, 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 I can't, I I got my off season. Well, then they're going to throw me to the back of the line. And, you know, it could be uh, a couple of years or something. Cause they'll say, well, this guy's not, uh, you know, he's not ready for it. He's, you know, yeah. And then the same thing could repeat. You could go to the back of the line and then your time finally comes up again. And then, you know, uh, you're, it's at a bad time again. So it's very difficult when you're in a seasonal business and you're a single owner operator, um, to sort of coordinate, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, when there's, uh, you know, uh, people waiting and stuff, uh, for, uh, surgery. So luckily I'm at a point where it's not, um, you know, a daily, issue with that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's just sort of the things where I just sort of dial down those types of services and, uh, uh, you know, I don't do it myself. And an option, uh, like I said, would be, uh, to hire people to do those sorts of things. And like I said, weeding is one of those services that you see. Um, you know, you rarely see the owner, uh, doing the weeding. It's always uh, employees that are doing the weeding. Um, another one that, that I've noticed that quite a bit, um, with, uh, you know, lawn care companies is that the owner of the company will usually be the guy that's riding the mower and he's got the employees doing, uh, the trimming and the edging and that sort of stuff. So that could be another a thing where it's just your, um, you know, you just don't want to, uh, deal with that. It's your weakness. You, you just enjoy sitting on the mower and doing the mowing and that sort of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, you'd rather not do, um, the edging. I've also seen the reverse of this. I've also seen where, it's the owner operator that is doing the weeding and stuff because they don't trust the employees, uh, and that the mowing is so, uh, simple. Um, you know, it's tough to get wrong that uh, they have the employees doing the mowing and where you need that, um, sort of finesse and that sort of a finishing touch of, uh, that only, uh, you know, years of experience can provide you. And it is sort of the make or break between uh, having a really good lawn or having, uh, you know, a lawn that's not so great. Um, I've seen that too, where it's the, the owner operator that is doing the, the edging and the trimming and stuff and, uh, leaves just the mowing part, uh, to the employees. But uh, I've also talked on this podcast about offering different services uh, for your lawn care business and how uh, basically, you know, if you're comfortable uh, doing something uh, for a client uh, that doesn't uh, involve, um, you know, a lot of liability uh, that wouldn't be covered under your insurance that, uh, you know, that's a great way to supplement your income. But I, you know, I've said before how, you know, on my own house, I'm completely comfortable um, with electrical. Like I can, 
I've, you know, put in ceiling fans. I've, um, you know, uh, renovated my kitchen and put in, uh, installed, um, pot lights, taken out like, you know, the old style, uh, fluorescent fixtures and, um, uh, put some uh, pendulum lights in, instead with some, uh, uh, halogen, uh, you know, uh, small pot lights all the way around, cutting the holes in the ceiling, running all the wires, doing all that, putting, uh, installing, um, under counter lighting, um, you know, or sorry, under cabinet lighting, uh, on the kitchen cabinets, doing all that sort of stuff. I'm completely comfortable, uh, doing that sort of stuff on my own property. Um, but I wouldn't do it on a customer's property because I'm not an electrician. I, you know, I know the basics of wiring and stuff. Um, but I'm not an electrician and, um, you know, when it comes to that and having somebody else's property where there's the potential for liability, you know, that may not be a good place to put your focus and concentrating on, uh, just doing your specialty or, you know, the two or three services around, um, you know, lawn care that could supplement your income, like, um, hedge trimming and tree pruning and things like that might be a much better uh, use of your time, a better focus for your time. Uh, and that's basically how it's worked out uh for me uh in my own lawn care business has been uh like that where it's been uh in the beginning years when i first started um you know i was offering tons of stuff i was doing tons of pressure washing i was doing tons of gutter cleaning i would do christmas lights i would do uh, the snow removal um, you know, a lot of rubbish removal. Um, you know, I've talked about all of those things, but you know, as my own brand has grown and you know, my company has become more and more popular, I've done less and less of that other stuff because you start to build that client list and you start to be able to, as you get more popular, you're able to, and busier, you're able to then start to pick and choose the types of jobs you want to do. So now I'm at a point now, 14 years in, um, where, you know, I don't even do, uh, like I don't do, um, uh, rubbish removal too often. I, I would probably still do it for a client, like a regular client, but I wouldn't do it for um, a one-off um, sort of job anymore. Uh, in fact, one-off jobs, I don't even look at anymore. Um, it just doesn't interest me anymore to have to go uh, drive to somebody's house, do a quote, uh, then you may or may not get that one off job uh, and then having to, you know, sort of change uh, my routine around to do, say, for example, a rubbish removal. Generally, if somebody wants a rubbish removal, they want the garbage taken away, you know, right now, you know, this week or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that requires me having to set up the trailer or, you know, unload the trailer or not take equipment with me or whatever the case may be. And, uh, to be able to put that rubbish and then go to the dump and all that stuff. And because I'm not going to the dump anymore on a regular basis, because, 
I leave grass clippings and all that stuff in um, the green waste bins that every house has, and it's taken away on a weekly basis by the city, you know, I don't really have a big need to go to the dump anymore. So, and then with the dump, obviously with, um, you know, the way things are the, these, this day and age, it requires a lot of sorting. They don't let you just go and dump stuff. You know, when I first started, you would just, I would just fill my trailer and whatever it was, was what it was. And you went to the dump and you unloaded it and that was it. You just dumped it and left. Uh, you know, paid for the dump fee and then you left and that was it. And then as the years went on and, you know, people getting more obviously environmentally conscious and all that stuff, you know, the dumps now started you to require you now to sort stuff. So if there's metal, you have to go put that in the metal pile. If you're, um, you know, got paints, you know, cans of paint or tires or, you know, certain thing, a mattress, things like that. They have to all be separated and then only just what's left over would go into the landfill portion. Uh, so it becomes more and more um, of a job and you have to sort of, as you're loading the trailer now, you can't just throw stuff in. You got to sort of plan it out. Uh, and then, of course... Uh, with certain things like the metal, um, they will let you, at least where I'm at, they'll let you dump the metal for free um, because, you know, obviously uh, the metal has uh, some value to it. So you have to, you know, be in such a way that um, you've got the metal accessible first um, so that you can go and uh they'll let you in and dump the metal and then you have to then you can go back in line and get weighed to dump the garbage that you'll pay for um otherwise if you just go in once then you're going to be paying for the value of the metal to be dumped uh, as well so it starts to become a more complicated thing i think there's still money or in it uh, especially if you want to do it um on a regular basis sort of on say the off season um i think you could do uh, probably uh, pretty well, uh, on it. So if you were to say, dedicate the whole off season, um, to do rubbish removal, then I think it would be fine. Cause you're not having to unload, uh, tools and equipment and then, uh, do the job and then, you know, load up everything and get back into your routine. But for me, uh, because I'm, you know, into this, uh, 14 years now and, uh, you know, have a, a bigger demand for my company, for my brand, like I said, I can pick and choose and, I just don't feel like doing those types of jobs anymore. Um, if it's going to mess with my schedule, I just like having going through the routine of, you know, loading up, knowing what, you know, lawns I'm going to go do, having my equipment loaded and then, um, you know, uh, coming home and, uh, good to go, uh, that sort of thing. So, you know, and that's the beauty of, your lawn care business is that you can uh, pick and choose uh, what you want to do. You are your own boss. That was, you know, the reason that most of you uh, guys will go into business for yourself. But, you know, identifying those weaknesses, uh, things that you're maybe no longer good at, things that maybe you uh, haven't been good at uh, to start with. Um, for me, like I said, weeding is one of those things just because of my short attention span, um, you know, I know where I'm good, where I'm not good. I like doing uh, residential type lawns. I don't like doing commercial lawns. I don't like uh, pretty much every time I do a commercial property, um, I just don't enjoy it um, 
as much um, as, um, you know, uh, as I do with residential. And uh, as a lot of you guys know, I picked up a commercial property this year. I decided to sort of give it a shot again. Because it was a bit different, it was a house on sort of a farm, uh, and uh, that's turned into sort of a trucking sort of a situation. Um, this property that's been in this family for a long time uh, that people don't live on in anymore, uh, but there is the original farmhouse and stuff and lawns and stuff. And even then, because it's commercial, um, it just I just don't enjoy it as much. I liked it in the beginning because it was big and wide open and I was able to, uh, you know, mow without bagging and side, you know, I could side just side discharge and stuff like that. Um, but I just find over time just the whole, you know, there's just not that same relationship as there is with the residential. Um, and you know, I just over time and part of this might be because it is one of the bigger properties I have to do and I have to use the sulky and stuff and, you know, I start to get the aches and pains and stuff on that property that just is one of those things. I just don't like doing it, um, as much, uh, and not having sort of that personal relationship that I sort of like having with the other clients. Um, you know, it just isn't for me. It's one of those things. It's one of my weaknesses. I don't like servicing, uh, commercial properties, whether it's townhouses or, um, condos or just straight commercial, you know, like stores and parking lots and, and things like that. Uh, I just, it's just not one of my, it's just not, uh, it is my weakness. I just don't like doing it. Um, you know, other things, like I said, um, can be, uh, physical limitations that, um, uh, prevent you from doing it. Uh, sometimes it's just, uh, mental limitations. Like I gave the example of the paperwork, uh, and doing the accounting portion, um, that, uh, you know, I knew that guy that, uh, struggled with that and, you know, being able to maybe hire an accountant or hire an employee to do those types of things, or, um, maybe subcontract those types of jobs out or just not doing them all together, not offering, uh, those types of jobs altogether, even though maybe they're, um, something that, uh, might be considered, um, you know, a job that a, a lawn care or a landscaping company uh, might be able to do. For example, um, you know, in my own company, I don't spray any chemicals. Um, so I don't do any of that. Uh, and I know there's a lot of you guys out there too that don't do any of that sort of stuff. A lot of you guys even take it um, one step further and you don't do any sort of fertilizers or anything as that like that as well. You subcontract all of that. And there's guys out there that that's all they do is just the fertilizers and, and that. And they're focusing in on that uh, sort of uh, job. And there's a lot to, uh, to say uh, with that. There is that saying of, uh, you know, a uh, jack of all trades and master of none. And I think that's uh, true. If you can, you know, focus in on your, um, you know, particular business and do it the best that you can for those, uh, you know, two or three services that you specialize in, I think that's in the long run going to be the best. Uh, but as a single owner operator, you have a lot of flexibility. And when you're first starting your business, I think, you know, you can supplement and, um, do a lot of those services that I've talked about in the past, doing the snow removal, doing the, um, you know, rubbish removals, the gutter cleanings, the Christmas lights, all that sort of stuff can be great, uh, ways to, uh, supplement your income and, uh, be able to allow you to continue working all year long or all season long. Um, but I think you'll find as you get and grow your business and your brand, um, you'll be able to, uh, you know, 
more pick and choose um, what types of jobs uh, you want to do. Uh, and an example of this uh, is uh, I did a video that I talked about um, uh, just uh, pricing work and stuff like that. It was a few years ago, but I got a comment this past weekend uh, on that video that said, uh, if you're, uh, you know, in the video, I talk about, you know, new, knowing your numbers and all that stuff and making sure that you're accounting for everything like your cell phone bills, your, um, you know, insurance costs, all that sort of stuff. And the person's comment basically was something around, um, you know, I, I guarantee you're going to be um, overpricing work. If you're, um, you know, factoring in your cell phone and, uh, your truck insurance and things that you'd be paying for anyways, um, you know, you should only be factoring those things that are, uh, you know, extra for running your business, like the added fuel and things like that. And, you know, they may have a point there, but at the same time, I don't think they do. Because if you're a true business, you're going to need a truck to run your business. You're going to need a cell phone to answer those calls and talk to those clients. And that's all a part of doing business. And uh, the other thing is, as you get more popular, you're able to pick and choose. So me setting the price that I want to set, Based on knowing those numbers, if I don't get a job because they think it's too expensive, then so be it. But at least I know that the jobs that I'm getting are ones that are truly profitable, are truly ones where, um, you know, at this point and stage in my life, after 14 years of doing this, that, um, you know, you know, that I can do what I'm doing on the limited amount of clients, uh, that I service. I service, you know, um, less than 40 clients a year. Um, as far as like, you know, weekly, uh, clients go, uh, that is, you know, my list. That's what I do, but there are, uh, clients that, um, are, I would say at the top of, uh, that sort of, uh, you know, pricing level, I, uh, price them, uh, according to my numbers, uh, their customers that accept that, uh, that I do their customers that, uh, you know, with uh, a bunch of them, I do all of those extra services for, um, you know, like the fertilizing and the aerating and all that sort of stuff. I do their hedges and their pruning and things like that. And it works out well. Um, you know, if a customer thinks that my pricing's too expensive, then so be it. I'm sure, um, you know, as I talked about uh, competing on value in the last episode, there's a ton of people out there. There's a ton of newbies that don't know their numbers that will do those lawns for cheaper. There's kids that will mow those lawns on the weekends and after school, um, for even cheaper. There's, you know, I'm not concerned about the price. Uh, I am not going to compete on the price. Uh, I will compete on the value and that's, you know, the way that uh, I've always, uh, you know, run my business because it's like, you have to be profitable. There has to be that money at the end of the day uh, to be able to be profitable uh, and, and you know, have money left over. You want to cover your bills. Uh, you want to be able to have money aside so that you can go on vacations with your family, that you can, uh, you know, buy your dream Tesla or whatever it is. You know, that is a whole part of it. And if that's not what your focus is and you'd like to, you know, just do a whole bunch of work and, you know, fill your day with a uh, hundred lawns and 
at the end of the year, you're not, you know, actually making that much more money than the, the guy that's focused on the higher pricing and, and, and being able to pick and choose those jobs, then what, you know, what's the difference? Um, you know, look at my friend that I've interviewed uh, on this uh, episode last year or the beginning of this uh, season, actually, uh, it was last off season, um, Paul Camara. If you listen to that interview episode, um, he's highly successful. He's got a bunch of uh, dump trucks and, uh, and he's got employees and stuff, but they service 20 properties. That is it all throughout the year. That is all they do, but they're high end clients, uh, with beautiful properties, beautiful gardens, every, you know, they take care of everything, all of the pruning, everything. There's always something to do on those 20 properties. Um, so, you know, it completely depends on what your, uh, you know, perspective is what your point of view and how you're looking at the situation is, but you know, identifying those things that you're not good at and looking to maybe find help, um, or supplement, uh, those, you know, with other people, um, having employees or subcontracting, say accountants or things to, to cover those things that you're not good at. So you can focus in on what you are good at and make the most money in the time that you're working or not just cutting out services and not offering that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, just focusing in on what it is that makes you happy. And, um, you know, because obviously if you're doing stuff you don't like, it's going to be miserable. So focusing in on just what you do like, you're going to be able to do more of it. You're going to be, uh, happier at it. And in the end, you're going to make more money doing that sort of stuff. So, uh, I hope uh, you guys uh, got some value from this, uh, gave you something to think about uh, in your lawn care business. So uh, that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.